Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. AEW botch MJF and John Moxley. Of course, we've got full gear this Saturday. The the biggest feud in the company is about to climax, and it just feels like we're biding time until the title change happens. I'm Ollie Davis. I'm joined by Luke Owen. D A D. If you haven't already, please, please, press the subscribe button. Press it hard. Press the thumbs up button. Press the comment button to leave your thoughts on this show on the on-demand version. And of course, press in those Omega chats. They're fully unredacted. They are dacted now. Yeah. So it actually, when you go on to the Omega chats page, the name just sort of like whoosh, appears up again. Yeah. And some stock footage of a clock plays. Don't know where we got that from. Uh, and yeah, to wrestletalk.com forward slash support, we'll read out every single one over five US dollars before the end of the show. Now. <laughs> I, of course, did my review. I always do my review on Thursdays you of AEW Dynamite. You do. Um, and I genuinely was like, pretty fair assessment there. Because I'm making a concerted effort to not rag on all the bits I don't like. Like the too many titles. Yeah, yeah. So I'm just not like, if I do, if I think it's really pertinent to the review, I will I will just put that in, but I'll have one to two lines on it. So I, I devote more time to the, the, the stuff I'm enjoying. But I'm also not going to, if something bad does happen or something uh, ineffective does happen, I'm not going to ignore it. I'm going to say it. But my, my intention is to to focus on the positives. And I genuinely finished my review and I was like, yeah, well, you know, I think on balance, I've, you know, I love that three-way. That was awesome. AR Fox, never seen him before. That was you fantastic. The, the trios. What did I say? Three-way. Yes. Well, the three-way as well. The Kaiju's battling. So excited for that. Um, the tag match was fine. Claudio's hot tag was awesome. Britt Baker's promo was great. I said all of these things. And, uh, 
yeah, people still want me thrown off the review. Because <laughs> I, I gave it 60%. On the uh, the Raw podcast on Tuesday, uh, Dan and I spent the first 20 minutes of the show talking about the Austin Theory thing. Because it spread across like the entire night. Mm, it was like mm. Seth's promo at the opening, then the Austin Theory promo, then the match that Theory had with Ziggler, and the match with Seth, with Seth and Finn uh, at the end of the show. And we're talking about all this stuff. And it's me and Dan just going off on how great this all is. And just nothing but praise. And talking about like, this is an amazing story. What, like last week, absolute disaster. Yeah. That cash-in was rubbish. That does not negate that this was a really good follow-up to it. And a much-needed character reset. One of the top comments last week was just like, Luke doesn't like anything on Raw. <laughs> Why does Luke even bother reviewing Raw? He hates everything yeah. on this show. The first 20 minutes, as I said, was it was really good. It makes me a little bit concerned about tomorrow's content club. Because tomorrow's content is a very balanced argument about things that is that are currently missing from AEW <coughs> and why the show hasn't felt as special as it has done in previous times. Mm. And I think it's a very, very interesting discussion. I don't know how it's going to go down, though. It's difficult, isn't it? Because, well, you know, we, we've, we've got access to so many analytics here and we thumbs up thumbs down ratios comments viewer behavior etc and you know we're always if some seo yeah yeah so like for for example with the austin theory thing when i was searching the austin theory terms using our back-end youtube little tools and gadgets and what we've got there were loads of searches for austin theory seth rollins austin theory snaps this and the other went on there for john moxley it's nothing about the mjf mm. thing mjf nothing about the john moxley thing and it's just and it kind of speaks to me a little bit of that this is not the hot feud that it feels like it should be considering it's for the world title this is mjf's return to the company after his sort of mini walkout that he did earlier in the year um which sort of derailed wardlow a little bit mm. this you know is supposed to be the big coronation of mjf as the top guy going into what is going to be the biggest storyline in AEW next year, the bidding war of 2024. And just the, he got a good pop when he came out. He got a really, I, got a really, good, got a really good pop. Really good reaction I'm when he came on out. Pops. <laughs> he got a really good reaction when he came out. But Moxley, I thought was good in this segment. And I thought his reaction to MJF was very good. I'm actually not bothered about the the missing the dates line. Which oh, you neither, can... neither was I. I just did that as a goofy joke. Mm. I wasn't sort of... Uh... Saying it was a bad thing. Yeah. Actually, I thought the way he handled it was very good because he made a mistake, realized he made a mistake, and rather than just go, but I meant Saturday, you just go like, wait, what day is the uh, the fight on again? Mm. Yeah, Saturday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought it was actually quite a, a nice little way to get around that issue. But my bigger thing is, is that they had this stare down at the end and Regal's in between them. And I was like, well, 100% Regal's turning this weekend. It just doesn't feel the big time main event that I think it should do. And I think a lot of that stems from The Firm. And oh, I think yeah. a lot of that stems from MGO's been off TV for two weeks. Mm. Not really, not because he's selling the injuries. He's just not been on TV. Why didn't we have Moxley and MJF as a tag team going up against W. Morrissey and Egan, Ethan Page or against the Ass Boys or something? How will they coexist? How will they coexist? Like, I don't know why we just didn't get more in this feud as opposed to just some promos i feel like this segment nothing new was added to this story and particularly on your go home segment last part of the episode well, i know you've got rampage but 
That, this is this is the go home show. This is yeah. the go home segment before because the main event of Rampage will probably be the, the Eddie Kingston tag match. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel like nothing was added to this story, um, and the story it feels like they really feels like Mox has done a lot of work to find the story because this was not the plan. Of course, the plan was MJF versus CM Punk, and then I probably think MJF would win, and then we'd get the full bidding war of twenty twenty four. 2020. Yeah, yeah that's 24. It, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, it's clever because it rhymes. But what I think Mox has now had to do is like, ah, but how do we make this feud happen? At the start, MJF was still definitely a heel. We've had to turn him slowly face in this, but who knows whether he'll turn heel or face at the pay per view. So Moxley's direction that he's chosen is, yeah, well, you say you're the devil. Um, I know the devil. This is the promo from last week. But I, I just don't... He doesn't believe that Max is sort of a serious threat to him. And unfortunately to me, and I'm not... The, 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 forgetting the day of the pay-per-view is what it is, but I feel like John Moxley... And this is, this is tough to say because I love him. Uh, what a year he's had. But I do feel like the last couple of weeks he's been checked out. And I don't, and I, but I also feel like the whole promotion's been a bit checked out because they're just waiting for full gear. This happens to me every year around November time, where I'm like, yeah, there's all these things I could start, but I might as well start it in the new year. This is basically the the conversation we have tomorrow on the Content Club. Where mm. you know, the point I was going to make there was that it feels like Tony Khan had his plan which was I'm going to do MJF versus Punk and I'm going to do this stuff with the Elite with the Trios Championships. But Brawl Out happened and those plans had to change. And he didn't really have his heart set on those plans changing, so he didn't really do much with it. And then once we get past full gear and presumably MJF wins the belt, then we can go into the actual storyline that he had planned post full gear mm. with MJF as champion in the same way that I'd imagine the elite will win the trios championships at the pay-per-view and we can then move forward with the plans that he had with the elite post full gear because otherwise if he'd have cared if he'd have like actively tried to make the best of a bad situation he'd have given death triangle something to do yeah he would have made them do something with those belts put them into a feud that really elevates those belts and makes it feel like they weren't just there to keep the belts warm. Which, honestly, I think he did with Moxley mm. here and when he was interim champion. I think Moxley made himself and got himself over and felt like the top guy in spite of Tony Khan's efforts. Mm. I think it is it was all Moxley. Because Tony Khan didn't put him in a big storyline with that belt. It was just like, no, you got the belt and then Punk will be back and then we're just going to put the belt back on Punk. Yeah. I think it's... Uh... Tony, this is a pattern of behavior for Tony as a booker, and that is he has a plan, and if something means that plan uh, can't happen, he will stall and delay an elongate story. So when me and Luke often criticize AEW for the bad part of long-term booking, it's usually because of stuff like this, where its other circumstances have meant that can't happen. Like, it's injuries. It's Adam Cole getting a concussion. It's Malachi Black having a bad back and stuff. So those th that inflexibility as a booker, uh, which is crazy because I, I thought Vince, act Vince McMahon actually was amazing at that because while he was generally goddamn awful, 
when something bad went went down and his back was against the wall, my God, you knew you were in for a, a hell of a time. <laughs> because it would it would swing one of two ways. It would either swing <laughs> yeah. into something that's better or something that is way, way worse. It's it's retribution <laughs> or it's uh when we got freaking what was it? AJ Styles versus Finn Balor at Survivor Series and Kurt Angle's in the Shield. Yeah, I was going to say, or it's a case of you get, it's Daniel Bryan winning the belt at WrestleMania, yeah, yeah. or it's uh, the referee turns heel with CM yeah. Punk and Ryback. Yeah, yeah. Like it's 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 those are the two levels of extremes of we've booked ourselves to the corner. We don't know how to get out of it. Um, it's going to be one of those things. It's either going to be great or it's going to be really really bad. But at least it's trying. Mm. It is is like guys, give me some ideas. Throw throw any no ideas a bad idea. Give me some ideas and we'll and we'll brainstorm things and we'll try and run things through. Whereas I feel with Tony Khan is like, well, I'm not getting to do the thing I wanted to do. So we're just going to wait and just going to spin our wheels until we get to here because like dynamite hasn't been a bad show. I think it has been a good show. In some cases it's been very good, but it's not been like the tippity top that it was, you know, 18 months ago or whatever it was, or even, you know, earlier this year with the CM Punk MJF feud. And I think actually sometimes it just being a, a fine show is actually worse than it being a really bad show because it's apathy. And I think apathy is is a is a a, a emotion that doesn't breed anything. Then I think this full gear might be a sub one hundred thousand buy pay per view, and AEW haven't had one of those mm. since the pandemic. Every time they've done that, it's been over hundred thousand buys. I don't know if there's enough on this card or the build for this card that is going to make people put down their hard earned cash to buy this show. On the apathy point, I think it's not just that it's a... Uh, if AEW put on this exact same show at this point last year, maybe not as a go-home show, but just generally, I think I would be more... I would like it a lot more just because of the momentum. And the direction of the momentum was upward, so it was like, oh yeah, this one was fine, it was a filler week, whatever, but I'm excited for next week. But at the moment, because they've kind of stagnated when you do have those average shows, particularly when they're meant to be good go-home shows that make you excited, it's all about, for me, that excitement of what comes next. So uh, a mediocre show then actually becomes a little bit damaging yeah. because when you're sometimes staying still can be a decline. Absolutely. No, I completely agree. And I think this, and that that's, that's why I thought that this was a fair title for this because i don't think this should be the hot feud at the moment this should be the hottest thing mm. on the show this is mjf possibly winning the world title this weekend and it doesn't feel like it is the hot thing at the moment and i don't think there's anything on the show that does feel like really hot that feels like a really like must see feud yeah. and match and i'm still stoked for full gear because I think there's a lot of full gear that I'm on the, when the show comes Certainly down to it, lot. I'm going to really enjoy the show. I'm going to enjoy that three way for the TNT mm. title. I'm going to love the acclaimed and swerve in our glory. Sting and Jeff Jarrett. I'm, I think it's going to be <laughs> really a, looking forward I think it's going to be a really fun, like old school WCW tag match. And I'm going to have a great oh, time with a it. Lot of blood. Oh, well, and there's going to be a lot of like nut shots behind referees <laughs> backs. There's going to be so much like powdering guitars mm. everywhere and not a single dime has been drawn. And I'm going to enjoy, I'm going to really enjoy Soraya's return to the mm. ring. I'm really excited for Tony Storm and Jamie Hayter because I think my girl Jamie's winning. There's a lot here that I'm dead excited for. But it is not 
the build that has got me excited. It's the names on a sheet yeah. that I'm excited for. You see, do you see what I mean? Like yeah, it's, I know. What you it's mean. not like the week to week television has got me pumped for the show. It's just you have put down a really good card, and I'm excited to see those wrestlers do a wrestle. It's how a lot of independent wrestling shows are done. You know, most indie shows, you don't have stories going from show to show to show. It's generally, here is the card. Look how good the card is. Oh, yeah, I'll go to that show. It's got, you know, Davy Richards versus... Well, we, we, so when we went to Steen, uh, Keith Lee Ishii yeah, 2, yeah. and that was really because we went to see... The, and that actually wasn't even the main event the first time mm. around, but because they advertised that's what we're doing. There wasn't, like, a huge storyline or anything no. or weeks of television or pay-per-view build or anything. It was just like, no, we're doing the second match of these this two. And they're like, well, I've, we have got to go out of our way now to go and see Ishii Keith Lee too because the first one was so incredible. But I think for weekly TV, by its nature, it's a soap opera. Um, you, you need, and for mainstream viewers, you need stories. And that is what it's lacking. We should recap what actually happened. Please we've do. just talked around it. Uh, it was the main event segment. Quite weird to have Dynamite end on a promo these days. It's yeah. been a lot of matches, but I think that's worthy. Um, Mox comes out. He's with Regal. He talks about how he's the best wrestler in the world. Uh, commentators say that he loves the fight, but that's not a good thing. I'm sick in the head. That bit was really good. And then Mox sort of trashed MJF a bit. He's just a kid filled with fear. And this is when this was going fine. You know, it was getting somewhere, but then the firm come out. I, just yeah. Like, I really liked Moxie's point that he made that like, look at the amount of matches that I've had this year. And, you know, I look mm. at the card and I look at MJF. He's had one match in the last six Mad months. That. Like, He's he took a big summer vacation because he was trying to be Brian Pillman. <laughs> he was like, and he was making these really good points about yeah. about the difference in mentality that the two have to the to this sport and this industry, and that kind of been a really good, interesting kind of avenue to explore, mm. as opposed to just being here in the final promo. But yes, then you're right. The firm, the, the, the firm down, run down. The firm come down. They beat up Moxley, not very well, I might add. They hold Regal to one side. And that's when MJF's music hits. Genuine big pop. Like he is over as a baby face and he comes down, he takes out each person and he gets in the ring. I thought um, Ethan Page and W. Morrissey sort of did a bit of comedy. Whoop, up, down low, uh, Page hit Morrissey and then Page was thrown out the ring. I thought, oh, this is the guy you're having beat everyone in the eliminated tournament yeah, so it wasn't just the firm i was down on it was like oh, how are you how are you making me annoyed at ethan page i love this guy um but then mjf cut a really good promo great promo did you oh man are you, obviously chills down my spine he starts with john while you're lying there hopefully in a ton of pain let me explain something i did not save your ass because i like you john no and it is it's just slightly reworded stuff from Punk's pipe, pipe bomb, bomb at John Cena. So he's, while you're sitting there, hopefully as uncomfortable as you can possibly be. Oh, yeah. I like you, John. I like you a hell of a lot more <laughs> than a lot of the guys in the back. Yeah, and it's that's a delightful little thing because that's yeah. MJF learning something from his previous feud and mm. having that fuel <laughs> part of his character. Um, you know, just as an aside, that got me thinking. You know, we're we're talking regal heel term. We're talking this, this, this. Is there a version of this where he wins the belt and literally hops over the barricade to Tony Khan? Because you heard about what happened after the show. He cut his big promo right, and he like and he talked up Tony Khan, said he loves AEW, and the more it's like 
he's and it, while he's saying he's so convincing while he's saying all of this he's also saying by the way the devil convinced everyone he doesn't exist i'm like how am i still <laughs> believing the nice stuff you're saying i yeah i i, I don't think they'll do that because i think they save that for the bidding war of 2024 yeah, yeah. storyline when he is the world champion because i think once mjf wins that belt he stays world champion through all of next year Wow! because like well that's the driver of the story isn't it the guy with your <sighs> world title mm -hmm. is actively negotiating with the competition which is an incredible story and i really hope after full gear next week's dynamite we'll be sitting here going now we're okay the last couple of months were filler but now we're on the right track. Yeah. Problem is, we also were saying that up until uh, Forbidden Door. It's like once we get through Forbidden Door, I wasn't. Then we'll be right on track, and then we can move forward. I wasn't. I've been moaning since March. Um, but the or May was it? It was whenever he bought uh, Ring of Honor. Ring of Honor. That was yeah. before Double or Nothing. So it was May. Um, but yeah, the MJF got a great promo, and then they had a stare down that Regal had Regal, to remind Moxley of. Yeah, because Moxley, like, there's a little retort to MJF, and was like, "Yeah, I know the devil, and you're not him. And I'm gonna, I'll see you on, see you on Saturday, see you on Sunday. No, wait, no, see you on Saturday." Mm. And then he like throws the mic at him, and he goes to leave. And then William Regal stops him, and was like, "Oh, we need to do the stare down bit as well." <laughs> and Moxley's like, "Oh yeah, right." So Moxley walks back to his position. Because the stare down is Moxley on one side, MJF on the other. It's what the thumbnail is. MJF chatting, you know, talking about the belt. And William Regal stood between them, very similarly to how he was stood between mm. Moxley and Danielson when they formed the Combat Club. But all throughout this segment, I thought, like, Regal was my MVP of this segment because we know that MJF can cut a great promo, and he did so here. But Regal, from the second that MJF came down, never took his eyes off of him. And he had a look in his eyes that can be read one of two ways. One, this little punk kid cannot wait for my guy to beat him up this weekend and retain that title. Or, this punk kid, I'm going to make him the greatest villain this industry has ever seen. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's very... This is exciting stuff. And Tony Schiavone even said, he was kind of cut off, guys, guys, look, look at Regal. And it was kind of those little... That's the first proper hint I've detected apart from you going who's done it coming up with this <laughs> my, grand conspiracy my mad theory, theory. <laughs> uh, i think you've willed it into existence <laughs> like new punk rants got hooven to guerrera um the the regal stuff i was gonna make a point there um oh, bollocks it was a good point sorry mate keep talking i'll come back um i thought this was a oh he's got it nope I was <laughs> oh, it's, it's something about the firm. Where were the Blackpool Combat Club? So the other thing about this is I love the Blackpool Combat Club. I think that's one of the coolest things that's happened this year. Unfortunately, over the last few months, it's been heavily diluted. They don't really feel coherent. And Moxley has just been coming out by himself. Where was the Blackpool Combat Club to save not just Moxley, but Regal? From getting beaten up in this. The annoying thing about this is that they set this up a couple of weeks ago and yeah. showed you a backstage thing to show that the firm have locked the Blackpool Combat Club in their locker rooms. Which they can't I really get out to appreciate help. it. Really appreciate it because I thought it was a really good thing to do to mm. to remove that where were the Blackpool Combat Club. And yet here we are, just a couple of weeks later, and again the firm have beaten them down. There's no combat club out here. Mm. 
if Regal, I was thinking about this when I was uh, on my way in today. If Regal does turn, I'm really curious to see what the reaction to of the because it's called the Blackpool Combat Club because Regal's from Blackpool. Mm. If Regal turns and sides with MJF, is that the does the group just split up? Does the group just disperse? Does I, what what happens with this? What's Danielson's reaction to this if it was to happen? But my actual bigger thought is like probably nothing because yeah. I think they'll probably just go off their separate ways and be like, and that's the end of the group. That's such a missed opportunity. I, we should all be like, no, no, Regal, don't, don't turn on them. They're your boys. I love the Blackpool Combat Club. But what instead, what we're talking about is, oh yeah, I guess you could put Regal with MJ. <laughs> yeah. That would be a fun direction. There's no emotional attachment there, which is just. I cannot believe that's happened because they were an incredible act. All that stuff with Yuta, with Takeshita. Wait, was it? Did Takeshita have a fight with them? Uh, Takeshita no, had... No, it was that Wheeler Yuta John Moxley match. Yeah. Just extraordinary. I, I mean, this again, this comes up on Content Club tomorrow, but I kind of talk about the really hot AEW videos that we have had go out uh on this channel like ones that have like really drawn in big audiences that are just like i'm so excited about mm. this and two of those videos were about hook and the other one was about wheelie Utah. you want about two people who just got took right off the boil mm. and uh, you know I, I pete made this point yesterday pete was like about daniel garcia and i was like i've completely forgotten about daniel garcia i think that is a hugely like dropped ball and i think that there's a lot of dropped balls around this company but for me, this is the biggest one because this should be the hottest thing in the company. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. 
Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Well, let's get on with your thoughts. Uh, we've talked quite long on that. We've got a uh, a poll. Was this from the Raw Review? This Which was. Which are you most excited for? It was, yeah. I thought I would ask on the Raw podcast, are you more excited for Survivor <clears throat> Series or are you more excited for Full Gear? As it turns out, 63% of the audience were more excited for Survivor Series than Full Gear. Wow. I think a lot of that is the it's the goodwill. It's the mm. Triple H's in charge. It's a new era. It's war games on the main roster. It's the bloodline. Because the women's match, I think, is whatever. But the Bloodline stuff, I think, is great. And because it's Seamus and the great yeah. like six months that he's had, I think there's a lot of like excitement around WWE at the moment, which AEW doesn't have right now. Should we just, in the interest of fairness and home turf, should we run this poll again for yeah. an AEW podcast? Let's do that. And, and, and this time, Mod Mother, I will actually read out the results on this show. <laughs> so, uh, Mod Mother, if you can hear me, can we do the poll again, please? Which pay-per-view are you most excited for, Survivor Series or Full Gear? I'm interested to see what the results are like. Um, also, WrestleTalk.com forward slash support. Get all your Omega chats in there. Charles Berg says, that crowd was dead. I think they would do an impression of Luke Owen after reading a great joke. Joke I wrote. So uh, Charles on the Raw Review sent in two jokes that were met with abject silence. Where's the lie? <laughs> Mo- <laughs> Moxley was stumbling all over his words yesterday. Hard to sound intimidating when you can't speak straight. See you guys Sunday and Saturday too. It is true. We will be doing full gear shows on both Saturday and Sunday. Yeah. In fact, technically, oh no, technically we're only doing them on Sunday because it doesn't start till 1 a.m. Mm. Uh, Kid Phantom version 3 The go home show for Full Gear was fine Honestly in my opinion And still hyped for the 50 matches Also to play devil's advocate for Mox All of AEW's pay-per-views this year Have been on Sundays So I get the slight mistake As do I I do it all the time as well Yeah Even for WWE ones I do I The amount of times I still say Next night on Raw mm. When we've been talking about pay-per-views yeah, yeah. They've been doing them on Saturdays For like a year and a bit now And I'm still like Yeah well <clears> the following <throat> night on Raw I think I think it's that with all of the uh, the general demeanor of Mox. I mean, the, and I don't blame him. The poor guy. He's supposed to be on holiday. Every time he tries to go on holiday, something goes wrong. He gets given the world title. <laughs> um, Matt Hennessy. Matt Hennessy v one. I got to be honest. I completely agree with Ollie's opinion on AEW lately, especially the criticism that this was a three out of five show. Such a controversial statement. <laughs> AEW's biggest issue for me is it doesn't feel like must-see TV. Of all the pay-per-views they've done, Full Gear has honestly the worst build. I'd agree with that. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think you could probably look to the early days, like when they didn't have TV and they were just... Oh, but the, the excitement, even like Fighter Fest, I was really excited for. I think there's a, you know, Forbidden Door had a cursed build, but I think it had a better build than this. Uh, Matt Hennessy again it's nuts how much difference a year can make this time last year AEW was the red hot company and in my opinion they have cooled off as a company and WWE feels like the more exciting company rooting for them to get out of their slump buddy me too so I, I'm I am looking forward to this post full gear world the elite will be back we'll have our you know whatever our world championship situation is but at least I think Tony Khan will be on a well, now I know my starting point. And yeah. it's, it's a reset point for the company, like all their pay-per-view cycles are. And we start our new storylines 
introduce our new characters. That's the point to do it. And I think that he needs this. Mm. Mark Mayhew, uh, MJF returning and taking out an entire group to stare down Mox reminded me of when CM Punk returned from his foot injury and took out JAS. Paired with the pipe bomb line, it seemed intentional. They also both wore plain black tops, but that might be a stretch. Not with MJF. He's so good at these references. Bacon Rasher. Hi, lads. I feel like I'm in some sort of parallel universe. The end of Raw was really good. Set up through the night, but the end of Dynamite... What? Sorry, but my take was rubbish. If it needed more for a go-home show, I agree with Ollie uh, on Blackpool Combat Club not coming out. Uh, Aten, they didn't do more with MJF and Mox because the feud was clearly <laughs> level four already. Yeah, but this is a call-out promo. So this <laughs> would have put it at five, and you can't do that. Kevin, Ollie, I can't... Ollie, I can't with you. I was infuriated with your five-minute review. How dare you say the how will they coexist line and not follow it with barely an inconvenience. This is unacceptable. I'm sorry. Um, Screen rant. What was it? Who who does those? It's the pitch meeting. That's it. I'm sorry, pitch meeting. My brain is not working today. Uh, Kevin, on a more serious note, I'm not very hyped for full gear. Unlike last year, I only care about the main event and a few matches here and there. It will be interesting to see the Blackpool Combat Club podcast tomorrow because I can't put my finger on why I'm not invested. We will see you tomorrow. Uh, Matt Hennessy, V1. AW's biggest issue for me right now is while the wrestling is good, the product has a lack of focus and the product doesn't feel like must-see TV, in my opinion. Last year, we had the Omega and Page Art conclusion. We don't have a store, any storyline that is on that level. But, like, that's, you know, <clears throat> two plus years worth of storytelling. You don't need, like, two years worth of storytelling. It's like uh, some form of storytelling. I, I, my favorite feud of last year was Eddie Kingston and CM Punk. That feud had two weeks of build. Yeah. And it was like, and it was my feud of the year and it was my match of the year. And it was an eight minute match. Like, you just need something that's red hot and go with it i I think the frustrating thing is um the the thing would have been punk and mjf and of course that can't be done that's out of their control but i can look at so many other parts of the company where i'm like well what about eddie kingston claudio yep that was the big finish of blood and guts there's been nothing nope uh mark mayhew they'll need to have a 10 out of 10 angle at the pay-per-view for them to justify having the firm be such a focus of this story and i don't see that happening I'm excited for the match itself and the pay-per-view as a whole, but I preferred the build to that all-out 2020 match. Yeah, Yeah, I I really like that That match. That was a lot of fun. Ket, finally for now, this is why AEW needs a brand split. That's not the answer. Guys like Hook and Daniel Garcia would benefit from it because there will be enough TV time on both shows to get people over. Just give Rampage a better time slot and an extra hour. so sorry, Ket. That is not the answer. Brand splits are not the answer. Brands, brand split only exists because WWE didn't have competition, so they created their own competition <laughs> within themselves. That is why the brand split was created back in the day. And then the other side of it is because they wanted to appease networks. There's the you, the brand split's not the answer. Yeah. Well, they've got a Ring of Honor. <laughs> Uh, keep getting those chats in, of course, to wrestletalk.com forward slash support. Let's get on with our play-by-play review. We'll rattle through this because we, we spoke so much on the first part. Uh, the show opened with Claudio and Danielson versus Jericho and Sammy. This is who we've got in the four-way for the Ring of Honor title match. 
Uh, both teams worked fine together. I, I thought it was a decent match that really picked up with Claudio's hot tag. And Claudio got the win. Tapped out Jericho. I was surprised. Yeah. I thought he would tap out Sammy. I thought it was probably going to be Claudio that gets the win and he'll tap out Sammy or, you know, he'll pin Sammy, whatever it is. Jericho tapping, I did not see coming, mm. particularly because he is the champion going into a title defense of the pay-per-view. And AEW do not historically pin champions before going into a pay-per-view. It was a, just a really surprising thing to do. I think, you know, pinning your champion before the pay-per-view title defense it's, it's seen as like a rubbish thing because WWE have done it badly. I think this works fine. This has made me go, oh, Claudio stands a really good chance in this match. So that's good booking to me. If anything, it made me think that Jericho's 100%. But yeah, like, that's <laughs> my, yeah, I think Jericho's retaining. But for right now, I, I thought Jericho was retaining anyway. Yeah, same. Yeah, so because this, he's supposed to be the fine. face for the TV show. Uh, Darby Allen got a little short film. He's on a body bag. He's crowd surfing. And then Sting picks him up and... Drives him in a car to full gear. <laughs> Come on, you. We've got a, we've got a pay-per-view to go to. I've got to wrestle Jeff Jarrett again for whatever reason. Come on, lad. Um, Anthony Bowens then took on Swerve, but before this, we got a music video premiere from the acclaimed. This was awesome. I loved every single second of this, not just because of Captain Insano, <laughs> though I did pop massively for Captain Insano, five out of five show. I thought that the actual song itself was very good. I thought it was very funny. And I thought that the, the Keenan and Kel lads mm. that they got in to be Swerve and Keith Lee with their little comedy skits they were doing was very entertaining. I thought this was awesome. I love the Waterboy stuff. It was like perfect. Yeah. <laughs> the way they did the the stuff on screen and the reactions. Yeah, yeah the, two, the two guys playing Lee and Swerve were excellent. But still... No one's able to answer me why Paul White is not in the Jeff Jarrett match going up against Satnam <laughs> It's right there for you. There was a period of time where it was like, maybe Paul White's just not doing anything with the company at the moment. Here he is. He's right there. He's right there being Captain Insano. Um, the, the, the only thing for me, and this isn't really a criticism, it's just like an observation, please. Because <laughs> <laughs> everyone loves the acclaimed. I just feel like their, their entrance raps are incredible. Like they're just, I just hear that. Listen, listen. I'm already, I'm apt. I'm like, yes, go offend me. You know, I feel like the lyrics in the music videos are nowhere near as good. So, he, actually, here's a fun thing. I've only, I've only just thought of it now. Mm. The raps that Caster does when he comes down to the ring are John Cena levels. I'm just going to rhyme some words yeah. together. I'm not really rapping. I'm just saying words that rhyme. Mm. The music video was an actual rap. Yeah. It was like an actual music video for an actual song. So it's not going to have the same thing because the reason John Cena got over is because he just said words that rhyme and then would tell people to suck him off. And, you know, and, and which is what Caster is doing, basically. Mm. So the two are sort of accomplished different things, I guess. Yeah, I do. I, he's he is better than John Cena rapping because John, John Cena is a historically terrible rapper. I I would prefer more um, explosive lines. Didn't really, you know, there was nothing in there to the level of the entrance ones. No, it was just to be an actual song. <laughs> I loved the match that followed though. So good. Uh, Daddy ass brawled with Swerve on Swerve's entrance because he he really hates him because of his fingers. Uh, but then we just got Swerve and Anthony Bowens, and Swerve was excellent. Like, this is fully-fledged singles, heel, swerve. Yep. Keith Lee's not out there because, you know, are they friends? We don't know. And Bowens was 
just brilliant. Selling as a baby face. And they told a great story in this match, which is that Anthony Bowens is, as in Swerve's words, made of glass. Mm. And you're the one who keeps letting Caster down because your team never gets a push because you keep yeah. getting injured. So Swerve, through this entire match, just targeted the areas that Bowens has injured in the past to injure him so that he can't defend the titles at the pay-per-view. There's a report from Five or Six that Bowens might actually be injured now. No. Like apparently he might have re-aggravated a, a shoulder injury. But they oh. don't, but like I think there was quite clear to say, we don't know if this is just a work yeah. though. This is just what's been told to us. Um, but I, I thought this was such a great story. Mm. And I mean, I wrote in my notes here, I really want to see Swerve get a big push in 2023 because I think yeah. he is awesome. Mm. Uh, Samoa Joe came out for a promo next talked up Tony Schiavone but trashed the crowd <laughs> uh, this brought out powerhouse Hobbs and Wardlow jumped Joe from behind big hoss fight and the locker room emptied and the locker room was mostly the Dark Order no there was there and was, was low, there was Butcher and Blade were out there I saw Josh Woods was out there it was all the undercard guys like <laughs> but Dark Order were left the, the ones left in the ring because they can do the big spot where they just let Wardlow mm -hmm. go I thought it was actually a brilliant little bit of staging here um, Joe had a line in his promo where I think he was making a reference to Paul Heyman because he says like there's a guy in my previous company called Paul mm -hmm. I know you tried to interview me once but I won't let what happened to him happen to you Tony because remember in that the feud with Brock when he pushed um, Paul Heyman into the corner? Oh, yeah. And I, well, I think that's what he was making reference to. <laughs> Problem is, though, it's like you could listen to the crowd. The crowd, the crowd just died, like, didn't react to it whatsoever. But he left the pause Great. for people to react to it. Where's the line? <laughs> Where is the line? Great balls of fire was that feud. That's That's the one, what yeah. A, well, what an amazing little couple of months that was. I think either that was Paul Levesque. I don't know. Yeah. But it, either way... The reference fell. Uh, it was as welcome as a fart in a spacesuit. Yeah. It did not get over. However, <laughs> the brawl with all three of them was muy bueno, and I loved it. Wardlow finished with a flip dive over the top rope, taking out everyone outside. I felt like, I don't know if I read this wrong, because the crowd were definitely mic'd weirdly. It felt like Wardlow was getting a little, tiny little bit of booze. But when he did the flip dive at the end, everyone was like, oh my God, that's amazing. I cannot wait for this match. Oh my God, it's going to be great. It's actually, it's probably up there as the match in ring-wise I'm most looking forward to. A match with two weeks build, mm. more or less. Yeah. Because, you know, while they've yeah, done, yeah. Yeah, they've great. had Hobbs attacked Wardlow and you've had Warjo, it, that has just been felt like just sort of treading water. Mm. This feud actually really kicked in last week with the Joe turn and then this promo <clears> segment. <throat> Britt Baker cut a strange, but very, <sighs> like, it was a, very sincere, engaging promo. I'll just run you through what Please happened do. before Luke reacts. She said, she answered Soraya's comments from the previous week, where she said that she's built herself up in AEW. Yes, she hasn't wrestled as long as Soraya, but in the three years that she has been wrestling for AEW, she wrestled in Daly's Place, Jacksonville. She helped this place when the fans had nothing else to watch in lockdown. And she really was a full-on babyface the face of the company of AEW, defending AEW against this ex-WWE person. I, it was a great promo. Mm. A superb promo. Yeah. I now do not know what the story of this match is. Because the match, the story previously was, Baker is out and out the heel. Mm. And Soraya is out and out the babyface. And we're supposed to be thrilled 
that she has got her in-ring clearance because Dr. Britt Baker has been making fun of her for not being able to wrestle. And now she's going to get her comeuppance because of all those things that she said. And now they are going to have to have their match. And it's a dream match, mm. you know, on paper and stuff like that. I guess this is just a reaction to last week's promo segment, which did not go down well because Soraya's point was, you're not a star. I'm I'm actually a star. You're just a, an yeah. indie loser, and I've come from the, the biggest company in the world. That sort of positioned her as the heel. Yet later on, they felt like Soraya had to cut this promo to being like, no, no, I do actually, I, I like AEW. I, I think AEW is the best company in the world. I, I wanted to come here. I wanted to come here and face the best talent. So like, that's jarring with the promo cut last week. And this promo was just... Mm. I loved it, but I've no idea what our story is here. Unless you do a double turn at the pay per view. Yeah, I yeah I think this this promo exposed Soraya. I do think there's been an element of laziness booking Soraya. I think it's been very much people are going to hear you cleared and they're going to be happy. That's all we need to do. We don't need to think about this anymore. And Baker has pr proved that that was wrong because people love her too much. And she's a lot better on the mic, it seems. So, yeah, I, I agree with you. In isolation, this was just a very emotionally raw promo. It's similar to Soraya's emotionally raw line deliveries last week. But I just, does it make me excited to see the match? No, it, it makes me a bit confused. Yeah, particularly when she was like, no, I wrestled in Jacksonville, mm. Daly's place, you know, the home of AEW during the pandemic. It was just this, I have no idea what they're going for now. Yeah. Really confused. And I think come pay-per-view, Saray is going to get booed out of the building. Top Flight and AR Fox took on Death Triangle in a trios championship match. This was excellent. Awesome match stuff, this. Really Crikey, good. those cutters from AR Fox. In particular, my favorite, the launching cutter. <laughs> when Top Flight yeah. like grab and they just throw, I think it was um, Phoenix, throw him into the ring and AR Fox just bush, catch him with a cutter. If Randy Orton doesn't steal that spot <laughs> for his tag team run with Matt Riddle when he comes back, he is missing a trick. But that would require Randy Orton to watch wrestling. Mm. And I don't think Randy Orton watches any wrestling in his spare he's time. playing games. <laughs> he's playing games and counting all the money that he's made <laughs> for taking no bumps. Um, this was excellent. It's so nice to see Darius back after you know being out with an injury for so long and then in the car accident. So lovely to see them back together. AR Fox, my first time seeing him. Uh, he was put over on commentary as sort of the veteran who innovated a lot of the high fly moves that some of the young guys use these days. Yeah, it's about like 15 years, you know, right? He's the sort of guy that felt like he would have been on impact. Yeah. Like the, the sort of the way they were talking about him and stuff. And actually, I thought they did a great job showcasing him in here. Like he was given the big first, the first big tag, and he mm. just went and he just ran wild. And it was just pack basically just selling for him and showing all four of his moves. He was sort of like the showcase of this match, as opposed to Darius, who's come back from the injury. Mm. But he was also the one there to take the pinfall so that you don't pin your your, yeah. your tag team of top flights. Really, really good. Death Triangle were also awesome because, of course, they are. Uh, Black Arrow on Fox for the champions to retain. And then the post-match was Pac saying... We're not stupid. <laughs> we watched the show. Like, we've seen all these elite teasers. It's obviously them. So, yeah, who? if you're making your comeback this Saturday, we're going to beat you and retain our titles. And then the graphic played. There was nobody in the slot. And then a clock ticked and the elite graphic appeared. Yeah, so the elite responded to the promo by announcing that we will be at the show. 
well, through the through a graphic. I um, it was a great pop for for the elite reveal. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> so I said in my review, and the crowd goes mild. Um, and then I said the crowd, and they were they, but we have heard from the building that the crowd were hot. So maybe this is an AW production. Issue. I wrote in my notes during the trios match. Um, Heels by Fox doesn't feel like the loudest crowd. I mean, they feel rowdy. It just might not be that they're mic'd well. Well, Ethan Page comes at me in the following match, and in his entrance, he says, "Why you like?" He trashes the quiet crowd. Yeah, but that might just be because that's the For reaction part, that yeah. Ethan Page gets. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I said this, and then I, I thought it was like a a pop, but it just sounded loud because the rest of the night was so quiet. I thought it was a mid mid range pop. And since people have pointed out, no, it was a decent pop. And I was like, yeah, but it wasn't MJF coming out in the main event. That was a pop. So I've gone back and watched them and compared them. They're the exact same level. <laughs> so I, I apologize for that. I got that one wrong. Um, but that doesn't take away from the fact that I am somehow not that asked about this story. I think this has been... Just, uh, just miss potential all over the place. I, a miss potential, I think, is is a good way to put it. I'm actually genuinely excited mm. to see them back because I've missed them. Because I had Kenny back for a handful of weeks and then he was taken away from me again. So I'm excited to have him back. I'm excited to have the Young Bucks back. I'm genuinely this is actually has now become my most anticipated match of the evening because I'm so excited to have the Elite back. And I know you've not been uh, that interested in the teasers and stuff. I kind of have been because I want to see what it means for their new characters and what their new characters mean moving forward, presumably with the trios championships and what they are going to bring to this company with this new look and this new attitude. So I'm just, I'm, it's more curiosity, I think, than, than anything else, maybe. But it's just a match on paper. It's, it's Omega and Pac, who has been some of the best matches that we've had in Dynamite history. And then the Lucha Bros and yeah. the Young Bucks, who've also had some of the best matches in AEW history. So this is going to be an absolute five-star banger, presumably. Uh, Ricky Starks had a promo on Lance Archer. Ethan Page, as I've already alluded to, comes out next. It's in the Championship Eliminator Tournament. He's already beaten Eddie Kingston. And he's up against new AEW signing Bandido. Bandido comes out. He looks awesome. He's got a hat. He wrestles. He looks awesome. He does all these flips. He's so strong. And then Ethan Page beat him. When so Bandido reversed the Avalanche Ego's Edge, the the move oh, that put so away good. Eddie Kingston in the in the previous round, with a Hurricane Rana. It was outstanding. Mm. And that was the thing that really got this crowd. Like It almost like woke this crowd up to be like, whoa, that was, that was amazing. I didn't expect to see anything like that. And this crowd seemed to be fully behind Bandido. And then Ethan just won and the crowd died out again. And I get why Tony Khan is pushing Ethan Page because MJF is likely winning the belt and it's MJF versus the firm and Ethan Page is a guy from the firm. So it, it makes sense to be like the first feud for MJF going into winter is coming. <sighs> But he is, when you consider other guys on the roster that are way more over than Ethan Page, that people are way more into, it just highlights how no one's into the firm. Mm. There are like 10, 15 guys that would have done a better job here. And that's nothing as Ethan Page. Eddie Kingston. Ethan pa Eddie, Eddie Kingston's the, is the easy, Avenging easy win. the John Moxley Absolutely. Thing. And like, it's, but Ethan Page, I, and I said, I, I get the choice. It's just not the right choice. Uh, 
and it's nothing against Ethan Page because Ethan Page is awesome, but he is being positioned, or at least he feels like a lower <laughs> mid card guy. I think it's going to backfire. I, I, I'm, yeah. And it's such a shame because we've been fans of Ethan Page forever. Such a good promo. Such a good, like, so strong. I, I love his sense of humor. Like the, the karate things in TNA, that was bizarrely goofy. Apart from the, the final one they did, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think he's, he's a funny person in general, but I do not think they've resolved this in the presentation of him. The comedy side the goofy comedy side with the badass side you know that and that yeah. is a very difficult thing to do i've only really ever seen it done properly with kurt angle they, that hasn't been done with chad gable i really feel that the second you put the ass boys in the firm it massively diminishes the impact that they mm. have because w knowledge is a big guy but it's also it's big cass so like that kind of hurts it a little bit, you know, if, for people who weren't watching the, the the good impact run that he had, that he had, and it just sort of drags down Ethan Page a little bit. And I don't know, I I appreciate them trying with the firm, but this is not working. And you think that all the factions that could have had loads of TV time that weren't given it, the House of Black, for example, with three awesome wrestlers who felt like big time main eventers, <laughs> these jabronis here have been on TV every bloody week. Mm. Um, Soraya talks to Renee earlier in the day. Uh, we've already talked about that. Eddie Kingston and Ortiz had a promo on their match on Rampage with Takeshita and Akiyama. Nakiyama. Akiyama. Akiyama, <laughs> Eddie's favorite wrestler. I cannot wait yeah, for this match. This is going to be awesome. I'm so thrilled for Eddie getting this match. I just wish Eddie was on TV more and was being given an actual push. That's all I could write. I was like, this promo was so awesome. Why isn't Eddie your champion? Why, <laughs> why isn't Eddie on? Why isn't Eddie in a good story? Why isn't Eddie a champion? There's so many belts. <laughs> There's loads of belts. We're not doing anything with Eddie Kingston, and that is absolute madness. Yeah. But I'm glad that he's getting this dream match. Yeah. I'm glad that he's getting to have this match. So good for him. On my fight TV, uh, where I watched this, the thumbnail was. Tony Storm versus the Bunny. That's what was advertised, right. and it was changed on the day. I don't know why it was hmm. changed on the day. I just saw that it had been changed to Anna J. I'll, I'll I'll quickly Google and find out. Just thought of all the things to put on the the thumbnail. But that isn't a big time match. But it's the main event. <laughs> Is that how it works? I, I, I don't think so at all the time. Because sometimes it's just like it's an FTR match, and that, that's not always the yeah. main event. But yeah. Anyway, Tony Storm. Um, I really like Anna JS. I think she's very good in this sports entertainment. Hey, oh, you're that person. Oh, here's, here's my note here. It was a match. Anna J's not very good. Oh, I like how she presents herself in the ring. She can play to the crowd. Yeah. But then she did that little roll through thing, and it was it looked like I tried to do it. <laughs> um, Tony Storm gave her a fair bit, but ultimately it was a short match. Storm made her tap in the Texas Cloverleaf. Due to illness. Right. Uh, Jamie Hayter came down after and they just had a face to face. And that was it. Yeah. Again, not the hottest follow up, not the hottest go home angle for what is your interim women's world championship. They had the video promo like three weeks ago. That was good. It was very good. But then they've sort of done very little mm. since then. Like I wanted some Hayter promo time. I wanted some Tony. I mean, granted, there was a lot of promo on the, this show, but this needed something more than what we got yeah. which was just this very brief stare down i also think at the pay-per-view tony storm's gonna get booed and i think jamie Hayter's gonna get the big baby face reaction uh, and the only thing to talk about is the more details 
they had for the their coming to the UK. Now, I know you're going to be snarky about this, but we were given more details. Yeah. So, last week, they said AEW is coming to the UK. More details next week. A detail next they, week. This week, they told us it's in London. Next week, they'll tell us which area of London <laughs> it's in. Is, is it in Northwest London? It might be in East London. And then, once they've done that, they'll then tell us the postcode area that it's going to be in. And it's a game. Right. It's for us to work out where the, which building it's going to be in. Like a QR code thing. It's like a QR code. Uh, now I get it. They're taking inspiration from Bray Wyatt's return to WWE. Yeah. And we all get to work out where in London it's going to be. Where do you think it will be? So the rumor is Wembley uh, Arena. Mm. Uh, I probably won't be the O2 because I'd wager that WWE have got mm. like a deal with the O2 to, to do there. So Wembley Arena, like they're doing the SSE, it's probably where it will be. And that's a, that's a good building, actually. It's not a lot of wrestling shows there. It's not going to be the stadium. Obviously. No. They're not going to do like Craven Cottage or anything. Because I think the, the, the current rumor is that it's probably going to be Wembley Arena and it will be a dynamite episode mm. as opposed to it being a pay-per-view. I think if it was a pay-per-view, they'd probably book out a bigger building. But it's just going to be a, a special... Oh, what do, be we a think, special show. what do we think the special is going to be called, though? Or, um... A Royal Encounter. No, that's that's New Japan. Um, <laughs> no, that's Royal Quest. This uh, is a Royal Encounter. No, no, it, it'll be like some the, the rumble in the huh, you know the <laughs> the cacophony in the hmm. yeah. So like WWE's Mayhem in Manchester or Quake at the Lake. Yeah. Um, what if it was uh, the Mixton in Brixton? Workshop. The mix down in Brixton. Or workshop. <laughs> Get let us know in the comments. What do you think the special? episode of dynamite should be called mod mother can you grab together some of the best mm. ones london calling that's good that is good from js wooten british conquest from hector bangers and mash says adam <laughs> bangers no, and that's mash. that's a match stipulation <laughs> uh well thank you very much uh, so overall this is a weird one because i was left with this show it's a go home episode i'm like that was that was three out of five you know, that was a three out of five show. And that is 60%. And 60% is the lowest AEW rating I've given it this year. But to explain that, it's all about the momentum. So previous worse episodes, I liked more because I was excited about what comes next. This one, I'm not. So yeah, 60% for me. I mean, it was a three out of five show for me, um, but I didn't give it 60%, so I'm not the villain here. <laughs> um, let's get on with our wonderful pledge hammers from Patreon. Uh, please do go over to patreon.com forward slash wrestle talk. Sorry, yeah. I, just, I just saw Rumble in the Londol. <laughs> uh, where you can get your own shout outs on this very show. Indeed, yesterday on Patreon, uh, patreon.com forward slash wrestle talk. Wrestle Talk After Dark went up. It's Wednesday, you know that means it's a brand new podcast for you. And it was Pete, Terry, Adam and Sullivan chatting away, having a few drinks in the After Dark, the sweary uh, podcast that we put out. Before that, it was uh, Wrestle Talk Behind the Scenes, me, you, Pete and Tempest, basically going into detail about the filming of Survival Series, yeah, yeah, how the fun. show all came about, our reactions on the day, the filming process that we went through. And next week, 
It's me and Ollie Davis reviewing Survivor Series 2003, mm. which we recorded yesterday. It's going to be about a three-hour podcast in the end, I think. Once Two clip- and a half, I think. Well, once clips go in, oh, I think okay. it'll probably end up being about three hours. And we had a very, very fun time reviewing that show. We both loved the Team Austin versus Team Bischoff match. Brilliant Shawn Michaels performance. It was an excellent Shawn Michaels. (laughs) It was an excellent eight-minute Shawn Michaels performance in a half-hour match. And you liked the final 30 seconds of the main event. That was Goldberg. (laughs) Goldberg's going to Goldberg. Gold that Berg. But we both remarkably loved Kane versus Shane. I overlooked classic in the ambul- <laughs> in the ambulance match. Chance. Yeah. <laughs> if you want to hear me rag on Cena's rapping, this is the podcast for it because he does this awful rap at the start of the show. Terrible it is. Mm. Um, and you'll also get shout outs on this very show. Thank you, the number one villain, Nikolai Martinson. Peter Fiber Brontus. Probably better than Kyle Philip O'Reilly. I still don't like that name. The man who wears the gold, the man recognized by Swamp Nation International as the 24 7 champion. Mm. Our mm. legend. Reese Cook. What the rock is smelling. Daylight <laughs> Robbery, Rob James. Hacksaw's best friend, Rob Wood. Yo, Adrian. Rocky. Uh, Ross the Pooper Scooper Cooper. Rue the day, Ruari O'Brien Kelly. The man with the scoops, Sean. And the last here for our Hall of Fame class on the 17th of November 2022, the movie Luke has never seen, Selena. What's that? Thank you. What's Selena? It's it was Jay some people try to claim it was Jennifer Lopez's breakout movie when we all know that's really Anaconda. Yeah, it's Anaconda. <laughs> Thank you. It's Anaconda. She did this one just before. And the cell? But it was about a uh, a Latin American uh, sort of pop icon. Right. Um who was very, very I'm so I'm told, incredibly popular in America. Okay. She did not break out over here, but it apparently that's my fault that I didn't know who she was. <laughs> Uh, let's get through your remaining Omega chats. Don't mind me, I'm at work, says. Take your bets. What flub will prevent Mox from going on vacation? Uh, will Swerve get arrested for kidnapping? Will MJF be literally exercised and sent back to the hellscape known as Long Island? Jeff Hardy crashes the party. Take your bets now. I mean, Jeff has got his trial, well, his pre-trial hearing on Friday. And if they can, his his attorneys are trying to make sure that doesn't happen because they're just trying to arrange a settlement. Mm. So, hey, there's every chance that come Friday, everything's dropped. Ready to come back to work on Saturday. Mark Graf Ludwig Wilhelm von Baden, member for 16 months. I just thought about the AEW situation, and I think it makes sense that it's worse than last year. 2022 just didn't work for AEW at all. I think the first... First three, four months were still great. It was the punk match. Punk MJF was this year at Revolution. The Kingston stuff. Blood and guts. Chris Jericho versus Kingston. Awesome. Um, JS Wooten. You two dour nances are ridiculous with this. Just admit who you are and you are a bunch of NXT marks excited about um, PL. Getting a chance to run Maine. Paul Levesque getting a chance to run Maine. That's fine, but it ignores why MJF said after the show went off air, and he's right. You too? Nope. But I, I thought MJF's promo was great after the oh. show. 
Um, I'm just Marcus. I agree with Ollie. AEW since getting ROH has felt incredibly muddled, and unlike last year, I'm not as excited for this. Uh, most matches are happening just because it will be cool. Also, is Britt Baker the babyface against the returning to the ring Soraya? How? I, I don't know. Do you know what's funny as well? Do you remember when you did that show when they bought Ring of Honor mm. and you and Pete sat here and like, I just don't think this is the best thing in the world. And everyone, everyone had a pop at you. I know. Because why aren't you excited about this? It's it's a burden to me. <laughs> I take no joy in it. <laughs> Jose Rivera Valentin. Britt Baker's the heel, right? Right? Throughout this feud, Soraya never got me invested. But after last night, Britt got me invested and I'm rooting for her. I don't think that was supposed to happen. Uh, I, don't, oh, well, I think it might be the case now. I think mm. they're going to do a double turn. Brian Mulkowski, I don't get the praise for Brit. Sheeda, Ruby, Rosa, now Soraya. Anyone who enters a feud with her ends up walking out less over than before. No sells everyone's offense. No sells everyone's promos. Then cut shoot babyface promos despite being a heel. I don't think that's completely fair. I think that's an AEW booking of their women's division fault, not Brits. Yes, I think so as well. Uh, I'll hot tag in. Uh, Justin Andrew says, uh, Today is my son JJ's second birthday. It's the same as Pete's. Can I get a happy birthday, JJ, please? Happy birthday, JJ. Happy Kwanzaa. Nina says, I enjoyed Dynamite, and I understand there are different opinions. My problem with the reviews is not with you guys' opinion. It's more with the criticism that could be resolved with listening. Pete with, uh, uh, Pete with where was Sammy? ollie with the elite pop today so yeah in pete made an error on the smackdown review where he said where was sammy on the show it did sound commentary sammy can't be here today because mm. he's dealing with a family thing so pete did that in his review and then the podcast review was where was sammy mm -hmm. he was one step away from where sammy mm. um and if you if you'd have just listened ollie you'd have heard that elite pop yeah it's a shame because it's ultimately a very minor point um because it does not affect the way how I feel this elite thing has been However, badly handled. And as has happened with me as well, mm. so it's not exclusive to you or P. I've I've done this bunch as well. If you are watching a review that you don't agree with, if someone makes a mistake within a review, it's like, oh yeah, aha. It devalues everything. It devalues everything else. So yeah, I so I completely get mm. Nina's points here because like Pete should have heard that thing. You and you have self-admitted. Yeah. It was a very good pop. Chris has been a member for 19 months. Hey, friends, it's so great to see everyone again. Miss you all. I'll be at <sighs> Full Gear and we'll try and send in a ground report. Well, uh, it'll be me and Tempest doing the live reactions this coming Saturday at 1 a.m. UK time. The buy-in starts at 12. Uh, JS is key. This is why I love WrestleTalk. It's a variety of opinions. I tend to agree with Ollie, re AEW more so than Luke or Tempers, but because I feel I know you boys, I love hearing all of your perspectives. Keep it up. Jam that jam. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. Poll results are in. Which show are you more excited for? It's a bit of a Brexit on our hands here. Survivor Series has got 51% of the vote and Full Gear got 48. I'd still, but that's on AEW turf. If we add this in with the raw one, yes, Survivor Series. Again, mm. I think it's that goodwill that, that mm. Trips has got with WWE at the moment. The, the man, <clears throat> as I've seen when I've said bad things about Raw, can do no wrong at the moment. And we've got some suggestions here for what the UK AEW Dynamite can be called. The real British invasion. That's from Annika Wilson. Big MGM has said Forbidden Door 2, Electric Boogaloo. John Wick 1GM said The Quake Across the Pond. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> Uh, Good Owl says AEW Marmite. 
John Wick has said Wembley Night Dynamite instead of mm. Wednesday Night. That's good. Adam Featherston, Pain on the Thames. Pa- pain on the Thames. That so doesn't work. You might have to play with the pronunciation a bit. So if you're trying to say Thames, you have to say pa- Pain on the Thames. Yeah, Pain on the Thames. This is John Cena. You're on a chance in your ambulance. Ambulance. And Blackhorn and Link says, God save the ring. That's good. That is good. Because we do have a king now. Mm. That works. Yeah. Oh, that's very good. Uh, thank you ever so much for joining us here today and for sending all those wonderful Omega chats. Uh, and have fun with Full Gear this week. Oh, I will do, because I think it's going to be a great show. It's remember, Luke and Tempest. Do you remember all of those like weeks of bad WWE TV and then there was an amazing pay-per-view at the end of it? That's what Full Gear is going to be. So. I hope so. I think Full Gear is going to be a banging show. We've also got Blackpool Content Club tomorrow, so press the subscribe button, enable notifications to always on so you get that. But for now, I've been Ollie Davis. This has been Luke Owen, DAD. Jam that jam. Jam that jam. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps to detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 